Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Right now, join T-Mobile and get an unlimited family plan with Netflix included so you can watch in more places than ever before on your phone, tablet, or TV. Plus, buy one Samsung Galaxy S9 and get one free with 24 monthly bill credits so you and your family can binge your Netflix favorites on your new phones. Call 1-800-T-MOBILE or visit a store today. Unlimited data on their network. Video streams at 480p. Small fraction of customers using over 50 gigs per month may have reduced speeds. If you cancel balances due, well-qualified customers, full price, 720 plus tax. Finance agreements required. Netflix for two screens. Terms apply. What's better than this? Guys being dudes. Guys being dudes here on the Draft Dudes Podcast. I'm Joe Marino of NDT Scouting and FanRag Sports, joined by Kyle Krabs, who's the founder and director of NDT Scouting, also with FanRag Sports. We are your hosts for the Draft Dudes Podcast, and we're glad to be here on a Monday for you, July 10th. We just finished July 9th, which is Jeff Fisher Day, as everyone knows, 7-9. So I hope you oh, enjoyed man. I hope you enjoyed your Jeff Fisher Day. I, I've been watching all or nothing, you know. So I went hard knocks with the, with the Rams and seen Jeff Fisher, and now I'm like five episodes into All or Nothing, and so Jeff Fisher is still a big part of my life. A uh, hat tip to my girlfriend, man. Um, I said to her, I said, let's watch a movie. I, you know, I was going to give her some time. I say I, that sounds horrible, but I was like, hey, let's spend some time together. You want to watch a movie, or do you want to watch All or Nothing? She enjoyed Hard Knocks. And she's like, no, dude, I want to watch All or Nothing. So we've been binge-watching episodes of that. And so um, I wanted to to give Mr. Fisher a little love here to start the show and, and thankful for his 7 and 9. And we can always remember him on July 9th of every year. Kyle, what's up, man? See, that doesn't sound like love. He Reck- is who he is. Y- y- yeah. Mm, this is, that's some 7 and 9 BS, man. Right. I, he is who he's He's giving us... You are what you... Right, you are what your record says you are. It's what you're he's relevant. He's relevant because he's so below average, honestly. But, um, anyways, you know what? What's those, up, man? The, the, that Titan Super Bowl run was fun, though. No, it wasn't. It wasn't fun at I all. I thought it was a lot no. of fun, especially no, they, it was, they, you know the the way they won that wild card game was just magic. No, 
No. I'm I, no. God, oh, that's no. right. I'm sorry. I forgot they beat the Bills. No. <laughs> you you are actually convinced Buffalo would have gone to the Super Bowl that year. There's no doubt in my mind. That Bills defense that year was every good as bit every good every bit as good, excuse me. Whew. As as the Ravens and Bucks defenses of those early 2000s. Uh, obviously it comes down Did to... Did you just say that their defense was as good as the Ravens in that Bucks. time era? In that same that same tier of elite defenses in the early 2000s so where you didn't have Ravens to have a good quarterback. Ravens team was a historically good defense. Right, and nobody talks about how great that Bills defense was because a boneheaded decision to start Rob Johnson over Doug Flutie in that playoff game. There's no chance Buffalo is even in a tight game with Tennessee and Jeff Fisher. That's some 7-9 BS, man. Well, it's it's not because Buffalo was a great team that year. <laughs> well, uh, there's been some other uh, interesting <laughs> developments here, Joe, since the last time we had the chance to talk. Um I'm sitting here uh, spinning right now yeah. with my fidget yeah. spinner. What are you doing yeah. right now? Sames. Sames. So for the folks listening at home, <laughs> you heard that correctly. Um, after Joe criticized me for not being a package deal of the, the relevations that have come out about me this summer, including I would wear a male romper, um, I don't like mac and cheese, and I own a fidget spinner. Uh, Joe has now checked one of those three boxes by owning a fidget spinner and actively spinning his fidget spinner as we record Draft Dudes. Proud owner. Um, what this comes down to is my grandparents were in. They come in to visit us right now, and uh, they came in with gifts as they usually do. And my, I have a, I have a lot of like nieces and nephews. My brother Frank has four kids. They're uh, like – I'm sorry if I get these ages wrong – 11, 9, 4, and 1. And so the, all those got a fidget spinner. And so um, they open the fidget spinners up. And I'm like, all right, you know, I'll give this a spin. Give it a whirl. And I liked it. And you liked it. And I liked it. And I said, you know what? I wish I had one. And, uh, you know, my, my, my mom and my grandmother went out to the store, not specifically for a fidget spinner. They went to go get some stencils or something. And I, she came back with the light-up red fidget spinner, which I'm holding in my hand. I, I got to say, it's great. Two things, two, two hot takes on fidget spinners. Number one, if yours doesn't light up, just don't even, don't even have one. Uh, I think it takes it to the next level uh, with the different things you can do with the lights and see how they, how they go <laughs> while you spin it. And number two, something I didn't fully factor in is my other hand is like, my fingers are getting like a little sore from yeah you know, from, banging from them pinching <laughs> pinching the spinner yeah yeah there's there is so, spin fatigue that takes place with a yeah. fidget spinner yeah I'm gonna have to condition my hands here to be able to keep up with my uh, my appetite of spinning this is good but I'm all in this is, I'm, I'm here I'm here you. for it. I'm re- I'm really I'm proud of you because it's you know, it's thought... about time we could get on the same page with something sure sure I'm here I'm here for it. That's now great. we got to get you eating macaroni and cheese and drinking you water. Know, you say right. it like I don't actively – like I'll eat mac and cheese. I like a mac and cheese casserole much more than I like just plain old mac and cheese. But I'll eat mac and cheese. I don't have – like it's just not on my premium plates of things. <laughs> 
Well, then that's sad. But the the biggest thing that happened this weekend, I mean, I've got a fidget spinner that's huge. But I, I played I, I played golf. I broke ninety for the first time. I shot an eighty nine. Man, I tell you, it, it's uh it's a it's it's a great feeling. But then I go the next day. I played Sunday uh, after shooting the eighty nine on Saturday. I shot ninety five, and okay, so that but you're that still used... in double digits. Yeah, you know, look ninety five on Friday was good. Now that I've broken ninety, I want nothing to do with anything that's not in the eighties. I um. I went triple, triple, quadruple bogey on the three par fives on the course. So uh, they were my Achilles heel. Uh, just uh, three yeah, drops you, you combined. Work, work on the uh, the long game. Uh, you know what? It was. It, it's because I actually have a decent long game. The problem is that when I'm on these par fives, I feel like I have to crush that drive to really just eat up as many yeah. yards as I can. And when you try to crush the ball, your mechanics go. I'm in the lake. I'm out of bounds. I'm in a lake again. So it was. It was. I took a drop on all three of the par fives, and, and I think. I mean, look. That's why I shot 95 or else I'd have been in the 80s yourself. again. Yeah, I am. I might not sleep tonight. Be thinking about that. So. I think. I think the biggest relevation for my game was taking three quarter back swings, because if I go full out and really open up at the back end, then the baseball instincts take over. Oh, and oh! Do you? Ha- it's okay. it's okay. right there, man. Just go ahead and crank it. So <laughs> double down the line, right? Right, Kyle? right. This, <laughs> yeah, this, just open the hips, get the hands in tight, and and let it rip. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So that's been the big thing for me. Is I'll start when I'm warming up. I'll use the pitching wedge, and I'll play target practice. And once I hit my target, whatever I'm aiming for, then I'll club up, and I'll work my way up that way when I'm at the range or whatever. And I'll keep consistently working. And once I find that swing that gets me my target on my first one, I'll leave the swing exactly the same and just club up. And that's how I'm able to sustain my swing. There you go. Your golf, your golf future is going to be bright. I feel it. Yeah, I'm looking forward to playing some top golf with you next weekend. Yeah, man, we're it's doing be great. it. Great. It's gonna be. We it's should good. do like a live show. Oh man, from top golf. Yeah. Yeah, I've got, we, could, we should do some fun stuff. We'll we'll get the people engaged a little yeah, bit. Yeah, I so. think so. I think that's good. As long as we don't um, periscope, I'm still I'm scarred <laughs> from the last time we periscope. I was asked a very inappropriate question last time we periscoped very. at the Senior Bowl, and yeah, uh, I I don't think I can do it again. I'm, I'm I've still never fearful. seen you lock up like that. We've we've Dude. seen we've faced a lot of bullets. <laughs> it's one never of my favorite it. scouting memories, Joe. How's that for a segue? It is a nice segue. I didn't even have a chance to uh, remind you that Marco Foltz is injured, but we can move on. He sprained his ankle. Well, Who look, cares? It's, no, it's all good. No, that was a great memory. Go with the segue. Yeah, so that is that is the topic for today's episode of the Draft Dudes. Uh, Joe had, had reached out and said, hey, man, you got any like unique ideas for a show? And I said, yeah, I have two. I would love to do a tea lizard. Because uh, it's, it's uh, I've continued work practicing my my tea, and I would have actually made tea to sip for Tea Lizard Show had we gone that route. But instead, um, we didn't. So I'm drinking coffee again tonight. And uh, the other one was let's see, we could talk about some memories in scouting. You know, we've both been at this a very long time. Uh, somebody had just asked me the other day, like, oh yeah, like how long you been doing this? And uh, my four year anniversary of Founding NDT Scouting is three months away. So 
with that in mind, you know, it was, oh, yeah, there's a lot that I can look back on in memory, ro- memory lane and, and take a look at well, some of the trips I've taken and memorable things and memorable experiences with scouting. And, and Joe, you really seem to jump at this concept because you, yeah. you were like, oh, yeah, I got two. No, I got three. No, I got four. So it seems like you're like bursting at the <laughs> seams here. So I want you to get the first one off your chest because I know like you're yeah. you're really fired up to talk about. This. I'm a, I'm excited, man. Uh, you know, I so I became a published NFL draft analyst in 2011, but my efforts with this really started in 2001. Probably like a lot of you that are listening to the show uh, are in, in this phase. You're trying to learn. You're making your own boards. You're making your own mock drafts ranking players, analyzing them, but, you know, nothing ever, like, formalized. So I was formalized for 10 – I was unformalized for 10 years before I became formalized in 2011. And, and so my first – the first player that really stood out to me, David Carr, man. Uh, I remember watching this dude. In, in Fresno State, who Der, uh, David Carr played for, was, uh, was uh, the Thursday night team all the time on ESPN. So I knew I got to watch him every Thursday night. So I'm in high school, you know, just waiting for Thursday night football with, 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 you know, Fresno state and Derek, uh, David Carr, excuse me, David Carr. And I, I was just drooling over this guy. I'm like, man, this guy has a rocket arm. He's smooth. He can run. He can, he can, uh, you know, deliver it anywhere over the field. I just was in love with him. And, um, uh, you know, obviously we know how the, the story goes. And, and I, I truly believe that, just a nightmare situation being the starting quarterback for the Houston Texans and their, you know, their inaugural season with no offensive line and, and no structure um, ruined him because from a talent perspective, uh, look, David Carr is as good as any quarterback that's entered the league from a raw tools and ability perspective. But uh, man, I just remember really seeing him and then like being excited about him all year long. I didn't know that if he was a prospect or not, but then to kind of see him go from this dude I'm watching on Thursday nights to the number one pick in the draft to be the, uh, you know, the, the face of the, of the Houston Texans, man, I, that, that's something that stands out. Uh, obviously disappointed how his career turned out, but uh, man, my first ever draft crush, David Carr. Well, I can, uh, man, this is going to hurt talking about this. Since I, I had a couple written out as well. And uh, since you opted to go with like a, a first memory, I actually have, uh, my my memories from my first draft that that I had active memories on uh, was the 2001 draft. Uh, I was 12 years old at the time, ju- had just turned 12, and I was a budding fan of the Miami Dolphins. And uh, Joe, do you know who came out in that 2001 class? Uh, 2001 was the year before da- uh, David Carr. Yeah, so, so a quarterback by the name of Drew Brees oh, yeah. uh, was in the draft. And uh, Miami, with life after Dan Marino, was like, <laughs> oh, yeah, that, that Brees guy's pretty good. You know, and then, uh, I mean, I'm 12. Like, it's yeah. – I don't, I don't have any rhyme or reason, but I remember, oh, Drew Brees, like, people are talking him up on the TV. That Mel Kuyper guy's talking him up on the TV. Miami needs quarterback. He'd be a great pick. And he's he, – oh, my God, he <laughs> fell all the way to 26. We can take him. And they take Jamar Fletcher. Cornerback, Wisconsin. Cornerback, Wisconsin. Played for the team for three years. Um, five, all 5'10", 180. This, I'm, I'm sitting here looking at his bio right now. Uh, reading through this now, it's even worse than I remembered. 
Uh, Fletcher, 26th overall pick, started 12 games in his career. Uh, was with the team for three years, then went to the Chargers for two. Uh, one year with the Detroit Lions, one year with the Houston Texans, on and off two years with the Cincinnati Bengals, out of the league in eight seasons. Um, that that one was my first draft memory. Was, oh, cool. This Drew Brees, Drew Brees, Drew Brees guy slipped down to 26. And then I'll, re- I'll remember, I'll always remember, I was sitting in the basement of a friend's house, um, that I was friends with all throughout elementary school. And um, the consolation was they did pick Chris Chambers in the second round of that draft. And uh, Chambers and I have a, uh, Chambers and I have a lot of fond memories uh, from some of his spectacular catches during the, his time with the team uh, when I was uh, you know, just a Dolphins fan as compared to a football fan and an analyst and, and so on and so forth. But, um, yeah, Joe, that that stands out to me. I'm glad you opted to go with a first because it, it gave me the <laughs> chance to get this one out of the way early because it is a bitter memory. Very thankful for the Bills selecting Nate Clements instead of Jamar Fletcher that year going cornerback just a few slots before the Dolphins. Um, next memory I got to get into here. Uh, 2003 draft. And so, you know, I look, I just said 2002, I, I really got into it. David Carr fell in love with them. You know, I really started, I was like, I want to do this. I want to follow the draft. I want to be the next Mel Kuyper. So I, I'm telling you the 2003 draft, I put all the preparation you possibly can with the information that's available. You know, it's not like it is now where you have draft breakdown and in, in uh, YouTube games and DVRs and, and all the, the information so available right now. It wasn't like that, so you know you you do the best you could. So I made my my first you know real draft board, and I was gonna I, I wanted to know like every player drafted, and so uh, the 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 fourth round comes along. I'm doing good, and then the Bills draft a player by the name of Terrence McGee. He was the uh, the one number pick number one eleven in the draft, fourth round, and I said to myself, "Damn it." I don't. I don't know a player that was just drafted in the fourth round by my favorite team. Like it was. It was the fueling source for me wanting to get more in depth with the NFL draft scouting process. Because you know, I, I still to this day, you know, I want to know every player drafted and know and know things about them and 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 that type of stuff. And uh, that was my first humbling moment when I really kind of committed myself there in 2003. And then you know, my own favorite team goes out and gets a player out of Northwestern State that I never heard of. So that was my – I always sticks out to me because it's my fuel. It's like my fueling story that, you know, I don't want it to happen again. And that still does, right? You just never know, you know, who these teams are targeting middle, mid to late day three. But, uh, you know, obviously at this point it's, it's less and less every year. So my fueling fire story, Terrence McGee in 2003. Yeah, man. I remember you saying that uh, that story when you – wrote your draft guide this year. Yes. You, you openly talked about that and how that was a catalyst for you. And uh, it's a cool story, you know, because, because we, we all strive to kind of cover that ground. And it's, um, it's not too realistic if you're, uh, to, to expect no, to cover no. that amount of, yeah. of, of turf. So, uh, good on you though, for using it as the catalyst to, to getting where you are now. Thank you. Um, I want to talk about my first scouting-specific or scouting-oriented 
trip that I took. And this was before NDT Scout. I actually went to uh, a game at Neyland Stadium uh, for University of Tennessee. It was the weekend of Thanksgiving. It was rivalry weekend. They played Kentucky. And I went down and watched, uh, I believe it was, 2000, it was either 2012 or 2013. Uh, took, took a road trip down there. And um, what a tremendous atmosphere that place is. Uh, Rocky Tops playing. Sorry, Roger Dixon. Um, but it, it was it was the fans were super into it. And I went to Penn State, so I'm used to like the really enthusiastic crowds. But that to this date is still the only SEC game that I've gone to. And um, you know, rivalry weekend. Tennessee wasn't great, but Joe, listen to some of the names from this this Tennessee roster that were there when I was there. Uh, some fun names, some good memories. Uh, Tyler Bray, quarterback, uh, New England Patriots corner. Justin Coleman was there. Miami Dolphins punter Matt Darr. Uh, Zach Fulton, offensive lineman. Justin Hunter, Jawan James. Uh, let's see, who else? Kurt McGitt, Daniel McCullers, Pittsburgh Steelers. Rajon Neal. Uh, Corderell Patterson was there. Patterson had a whole bunch of production. Tight end Michael Rivera, Antonio Tiny Richardson. A lot of NFL caliber guys on that Tennessee team. Uh, Justin Worley. Should give him a little shout out as well. Um, So when I went down, I was just super fired up to see Justin Hunter and Corderell Patterson. And uh, Patterson did not disappoint. a lot of electric plays, and it was the first time that I really made note as compared to when I went to Penn State and you're going to, to games as an, an undergraduate and you're sitting in the stands. Um, let's be honest, Joe, we, we tailgate a little bit before the game. The, the, <laughs> the experience is a little different than just going to watch the game and watch the players and seeing Patterson in, in real life and, and sitting there in the stands and watching that just gave me such a great appreciation for the value of seeing the players live in the flesh and how they can perform. And uh, still a fond memory is, you know, you're sitting there in the stadium and you look up on the Ring of Honor and you see names like Reggie White and Peyton Manning. And then you look around and you you see the atmosphere and how engaged everybody is and just a, a really great time and a great game for me to go to. Yeah, I really want to get to Neyland this year. That, that's uh, that's uh, a possibility. We'll see. Hopefully that comes through. Um, the, the next memory that I want to touch on, this was a unique one for me. Uh, it happened over in 2014. Uh, a player, I'm not going to say who this is, but um, a player that I never heard of at the time sent me a DM on Twitter and said, hey, would you mind evaluating my tape and giving me some feedback? And – I'm sure I get that every day, like three to three or four players every day. I'm sure you get this too. Mm-hmm. And you know, they're small school guys that are just trying to get their name out there. And I appreciate that. Well, this player went to a power five. school. I was like, Oh, okay. Well, you know, I'll, I'll do it. So I, I, I watched the tape and, uh, you know, watch the tape with the player. So I'm sitting here pulling up this player's tape. We're on the phone. We're talking through it. I'm asking him questions. Why did this happen? What happened here? You know, going through it. What's the defensive call? Why did? Why is this happening? Um, and uh, you know, that was really a standout. And I said, "All right, you know, I really appreciate this." 
and you know I'll write up a report for you. I gave him like three pages worth of notes, and uh, he was really appreciative of it. Long story short, he was a first round pick in 2015, and uh, uh, you know we've had some dialogue ever since, including on draft day, and uh, I guess that was just something that I mean, obviously that stands out to to have a, a prominent player reach out to you, go through the tape, spend the time with him, write the report. And then, then they could draft it in the first round uh, was something that, you know, I won't forget. And, uh, you know, uh, he and I have touched base several times since. So that was my first, like, you know, real interaction with a player specifically. And uh, I, I, I'm still pretty taken back by, you know, that he came came out and wind up being a first-round pick. It's pretty cool. It's a great Love story. My, uh, Thanks for sharing that, Joe. I'm going to have to pick your Thanks. brain afterwards and uh... – have you let the cat out of the bag? I don't think I know who this is. Do I? I told you. I told you this. You just don't remember. I'll tell uh, you. Yeah. All fair. Oh uh, yeah. no! You know, I know. I do know who it is. I'm looking at the list right now. Yeah. I know exactly who yeah, it is. Yeah. 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 Um, good player. Like him. Uh, yeah. I know you like him. Right? <laughs> so if you let's see if We're you guys can. Away by the end. I was gonna say let's see if yeah. anybody can put the puzzle pieces together there. Yeah. Um, I'll never admit to anything. The uh, the the last one that I have, Joe, I think you have one more than me, but I do have one more. And then if you have another one you'd like to share, please feel free. Um, I'll never forget the first right. time I went to the Senior Bowl, and it was uh, the weigh-ins. And, and everybody always talks about how much of like a spectacle the weigh-ins are, right? It's guys mm. come up on stage, and they're in their underwear, and they get their height and weight, and these – Guys are oohing and on at him, and then they walk off the stage, and the next guy comes up. It's just a big meat market, and they just run them through. But that wasn't the part that kind of caught my attention. It was, you know, we get there early, and we sit down, and we're kind of chit-chatting to folks around us. And, uh, Joe, you were right there for this experience, too, and it was your first year as well. Um, but then you actually, like, once the room starts to fill up, and you stop and kind of look around, and you, you see who's in the same room as you. And it's a who's who of former NFL players, NFL head coaches, uh, NFL general managers and personnel individuals and team owners. And it's it's really – it was a really humbling moment for me personally uh, because I had, I had worked with NDT Scouting for two years before I had the chance to go to the Senior Bowl. And uh, – it was one of those moments for me that was like really gratifying to look around and be like, look at like I've built something essentially from scratch. It's NDT scouting was a startup and built myself from that into being in the same room with all of these people. And they're all like super alpha male. Like I don't think I'll ever be in as much of a room with so much testosterone as what I was at a senior bowl weigh in or the NFL combine, just like rubbing elbows. When the whole NFL descends into a single spot, it is just an awesome, like crazy experience. If you grew up a fan of the game and you weren't necessarily somebody that went through from a playing perspective or played in the NFL or were a part of a a prominent college football program, like the first time that happens, it's like, whoa, like this, this is really like everybody's here. And it was really cool for me to, to, to be a part of that and look around and appreciate that. And, um, 
That's something that will always stand with me. No matter how many times I go to the Senior Bowl, I will say going down this past year, uh, I enjoyed it more because you felt like you know you, you had a place there. You know you belonged. You knew you had work to do. You just go right to work. Where the first year, it's kind of just, you, you just look around and you're just kind of trying to take it all in. And that's something that will last with me for as long as I do this. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was going to share a similar story on the senior bowl. So um, and I don't want to rehash that, but that is, that is something it's, it's, it's pretty indescribable. Um, I, I have two more. One of them I'm going to have you do, you know, this story. Um, and so I'll tell it to you right now quickly. It's, it's the report we did two years ago for a power five player as far as, yep. Uh, yeah. So you, I, I want you to give that story uh, after I do this one. Um, the one thing, and this is me being vulnerable, and I hope that everyone will appreciate this, um, is something that happened just this past year uh, when we were at the Senior Bowl. Uh, was our was Kyle and I, or I, I believe for you, definitely for me, was my first time doing camera work. Yeah. And uh, it's something that we knew we were doing for like a few weeks beforehand, but you can only think about it and prepare yourself so much, you know, you, you don't really know what's going to happen entirely what to expect except for, you know, we get dressed up, we go to senior bowl media night and suddenly, you know, we're greeted by the fabulous staff. Senior bowl staff is fabulous. They, they say, where do you want to set up and what players do you want? What, okay. And so we give them a list of players. I don't think we had time to breathe. The next thing we know, door opens up. Yeah. Yeah. The, <laughs> The door opens up. UCLA defensive tackle Eddie Vanderdose comes out. Joe hears the microphone. You're on in five seconds. And, and to have to think on my toes and and be able to pull that off, you know, which I thought we did a pretty solid job. You know, it, over the course of of that, you know, January through April when we did our uh, you know our live broadcast of the draft. You know, I mean, it was that was a piece of this that was really unique. We had been doing podcasts for a while. Obviously, the written piece, that's easy. That's something that comes natural. I've been doing that for years. But the camera side of things was something uh, that, that was was pretty <laughs> – was memorable. You know, we're talking about memories. I mean, that's something that I'm looking forward to doing again this coming year. I feel a lot more prepared. Um, but um, it, it was unique, and it's, it's enjoyable. You know, it's something where, you know, we've talked to players. We've watched players. We've written about players. But to, for them to give you direct time and, and some of the before and after, the best part of those interviews, you know, pull, you know they, these players are really – most of them are, 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 are great guys and will talk with you. And so, you know, off air, before you're starting uh, the interview or afterwards, they stick around and chat and you ask them about certain things about their school or just, you know, shooting the breeze with these guys and, and just kind of seeing their personalities and how they open up, man. Yeah, that's, stuff, that's something that's very memorable, something I enjoyed last year. But – having a little bit more confidence and experience going into it this year, being able to really embrace those elements of it in the future is something I think is going to be awesome and obviously something very memorable from last year. Yeah, I think that there's four players in particular that kind of stand out, like two that I did and two that you did that were like really enjoyable and, and really showed off like their personality and, and you know, people skills. Uh, Obi Melifonwu yeah, being one yeah. for you, you know, I – I coached one of Obi's teammates at UConn, and oh, we asked him about him and uh, kind of went back and forth. And, and he chatted to us for a good four, four or five minutes after we were finished the interview. Like, really, really nice guy. 
Uh, the other one for you, Joe, being Larry Ogunjobi. Oh, yeah, that was uh, awesome. Snagged him after one of the practices. And uh, he, he was also very gracious with his time. And for me, uh, Ryan Switzer was one. Uh, that dude's a character, man. He comes mm-hmm. out, and, and we're on the patio out in the back on the balcony. And he sees the cruise ship, and he's just like, whoa, man, like, look, look at the size of that boat. He's like, I don't, I don't think he'd seen a cruise ship before. And, and like, he was super nice. And apparently, uh, somebody, J- John Oning was just kind of walking through the lobby. And Switzer said hey to him. And they started talking. He's like, hey, do you want to go get interviewed? And Switzer's like, yeah, sure. So, so then he pulled it out and came out and he got interviewed. And then Danelle Pumphrey was the other one for me. Um, he was like, yes, sir. Like super polite. Um, mm-hmm. And and he was running up against the clock. He actually stayed extra to finish with us uh, and, and do that interview when they were kind of loading guys on the bus. So I was really thankful to Danelle for that. So, uh, Joe, like you said, a lot of these guys are just super, super nice guys. And you know, I think some some people kind of forget it because they always see him with the pads on and the helmet. And they're, they're just like the guy on the screen with the ball or mm-hmm. blocking for the guy with the ball or tackling the guy with the ball versus the person that they are underneath. And that's been one of my favorite experiences with everything that we've been able to do over the course of the past year is getting to know the people. Like getting to talk to Jared Davis, which you got to do. We're talking uh, to Josh Reynolds or Tim Williams and, and getting to know the people that they are. And, you know, Tim Williams had just had a daughter and took time to, to talk to us on draft dudes and uh, gave us some great perspective on pass rushing. And, and Reynolds, I talked to like four times throughout the process. I saw him at the Senior Bowl, the Combine, and on draft dudes, we talked to him. So, uh, that part of it for me, Joe, really stands out. I don't know if you wanted to elaborate on that before I tell this last story here. Um, I, I, I came up with another story that I can't let this podcast go by with. So why don't you go with that one? I'll and I'll and I'll and I'll share my final one and we can we can let the people go. But this is this is too much fun, man. Scouting stories. I can't wait to do this in like in ten years, man. Right. This is this is fun, yeah. So the the other one that, that kind of stands out and this is for me, it's kind of like the downside to the industry mm-hmm. is there's so much information that can be put out there on the internet and, and it's anybody can start a website. You know, I feel very fortunate that, that I've had the, the playing and coaching experiences that I do. I'd like to think I have a good eye for the game, good football intelligence, Joe. I certainly feel that you have that as well. Uh, but it doesn't take like, there's no criteria to start a website. So, Joe, this was back in what, 2015, winter 2015? 15, yeah. Yeah. It was before the under, underclassman declaration period, and we had had a colleague reach out to us uh, about they had a friend who coached at a Power 5 school that had a player that was contemplating declaring for the NFL draft. And uh, this was a player that had put up notable production, uh, a lot of production, and apparently had had uh, one or two people from websites in the in the draft and football realm kind of get into his ear and tell him, you know, you're a huge sleeper, you need to come out, this, that, and the other thing. And um, they had requested to our colleague, this this coach, hey, can you can you watch this player and kind of give us your impressions and your thoughts on, on if you think this is something he should do or not? And uh, you know, they approached our colleague, approached Joe, both you and I. And we gave a joint 
assessment of this player. We watched this player's tape. We, we took the deep dive into him, treated it just like an NFL draft report. And we both came to the same conclusion that, um, you know, you need to stay and get your degree. We don't think that you're ready where you think there's things that you can improve upon. You're not a notable athlete in terms of, you know, in relation to your peers that have passed through in a historical context, uh, there's some things you need to improve upon, and, and we're not sure that you would get drafted. Uh, so we recommended to this this player in this assessment that we had conducted, go back to school. And we sent it to our colleague, who then sent it to the coach. The player ended up deciding to come back to school. Uh, he enjoyed a, a productive senior year in 2016, and Joe, um, I don't believe he got drafted as a senior, did he? No. No, nope, he, he did not. So th- good so advice. <laughs> it's yeah, good advice, and it, it makes me feel good knowing that, you know, in a specific instance like this, we help somebody make the decision that was best for them. Where maybe football does work out, but maybe it doesn't. And if it doesn't, at least he's got his degree that he can fall back on right away. Um, and that's kind of just—I'll use this as like a parting word of caution. If you're a player and you happen to be listening to draft dudes, be careful where you get your information from, because. If there's so many people in the sphere, it's almost impossible that somebody's going to watch your film and not think, yeah, he's a dude. Like, he, he's going to be a really good football player for somebody, and he can do this well, and I see it with him. And um, if you search for your name, you look hard enough, you're going to find some, some positive and some negative feedback uh, on you if you look hard enough. So just be careful where you get your information and uh, – do your due diligence and make sure you, you look out for your best interests and you don't let other people try and talk you into a decision because they want to be proved right. Yeah. Um, and the player is in a campus, you know, this year. So we're rooting for him and, um, you know, hopefully that works out. Um, I, I want to finish my story here that I, I promise this is, this will be it for me. And, uh, you can, you can roll to, to the uh, conclusion here of the show. Um, I, I can't, um, I can't not talk about my first pro day experience. Oh, sure. Uh, yeah, I had I got the chance to go to uh, the UNC pro day, North Carolina, Chapel Hill, this March. And, uh, you know, the main attraction being uh, Mitchell Trubisky, the quarterback, who wound up being the number two pick in the draft. And, uh, you know, you, you you got there and you knew it was a big one, right? I mean, uh, all, all, there's a lot of general managers there. John Lynch is there, head coaches everywhere. You know, Todd McShay's on one side of the sidelines. You know, Mike Mayock's on the other one. You know, and then Joe Marino's on the sideline too. So you know, just put that out there. And you know, just seeing something where you knew it, you knew this one mattered. You know, these pro days and stuff. You can debate, you know, just how important they are. But for for Mitch, this was a big one. And uh, to be there for it, to be on the sideline, to to be able to sit in the room, you know, with about it wasn't a lot of media, maybe ten or less. Uh, uh, being able to sit in there and ask him questions, ask Coach Larry Fedora questions, having an uh, you know all the the football people for UNC around, you know the weight room guys, the equipment guys, uh, the people that interact with Mitchell on a day to day basis, and a lot of prospects. You know, North Carolina had several players come out last year, uh, and being able to really put that scout's hat on and, and ask questions, and you know I, I made a point of it to, to really talk to as many people as I could that would talk to me. And find out information on the players, and uh, uh, you know, find out about their work ethic and, and, and what type of guys they are, and and who's the guys I need to know for next year, and uh, you know, just was a, was an awesome experience. And, and then, obviously, for Mitch to to 
perform as well as he did. And I know that there were some conflicting reports from other people that were there that said he didn't do well. I, all I can say is what I saw with my own eyes, and I thought he had a great day. Uh, so, uh, you know, that was something that was really awesome, built some great connections at North Carolina. And, um, you know, I don't know if I'll get to see another, you know, first you know, top five quarterback again at a pro day. Hopefully that's not the last time. But, you know, you, I knew I was at something special and, and uh, you know, something I won't forget for sure. Yeah, it's uh, I'm jealous of you for that one. <laughs> I'm going uh, to especially because Mitch was my guy. Yeah, I, I told you I felt like I was cheating. On you yeah, did. I really did. You did. You I did. never. Joe, a uh, quick trivia question before we roll to close. Do you remember who had Mitch Trubisky ranked in the top 10 uh, the second week in October? Uh, I don't know how to say his name. It's tough to pronounce, but I think it's Ky- Kyle Krabs. Kyle Krabs? Yes, that's correct. <laughs> so, Kyle and his receipts, man. I'm telling you. I've got tons of receipts. Sure does. I sure got, does. I got a Rolodex with receipts. Yep. Um, seen it. So, so hopefully uh, we can check back on some receipts here. Uh, in 10 years when we're still doing draft dudes and, and look at uh, some of the memories that we had and, and reflect on them and extrapolate on them with the new experiences that we have with another 10 years under our belt, Joe. I like that concept. Yeah, um, this is fun, man. But that that is going to do it for us today here on The Dudes. Uh, we would like to thank each and every one of you who are listening for starting your week off with the Draft Dudes podcast. We greatly appreciate your time and listenership. Uh, if this is your first time, welcome. Uh, please feel free, scroll through. If you're looking for receipts, we've got about 65 episodes worth of them. Uh, You can scroll back through and listen at your leisure. Uh, Do so by hitting subscribe. You know, hit subscribe whether you're listening on iTunes, whatever else you may be listening on. Um, We are every Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and we are uh, starting to really solidify the foundation of our, our senior class. Uh, over at NDT Scouting, working our way through, looking at the top 99 seniors that we were able to zero in on and decided to profile uh, Joe, myself, and John Ledyard of NDT Scouting. Uh, It's been a really fun project. I'm looking forward to being done so I can look at some more quote-unquote household names. Uh, But it's the work that's got to get done, and and we're the guys that do it. We try not to cut any corners. So uh, all of that stuff is on NDTScouting.com for you guys if you are interested in in getting your foundation set with us for the 2018 NFL Draft. Uh, I am Kyle Krabs signing off with Joe Marino. We are the Draft Dudes Podcast. We will be back with another show on Wednesday. Enjoy your Monday, guys. Right now, join T-Mobile and get an unlimited family plan with Netflix included so you can watch in more places than ever before on your phone, tablet, or TV. Plus, buy one Samsung Galaxy S9 and get one free with 24 monthly bill credits so you and your family can binge your Netflix favorites on your new phones. Call 1-800-T-MOBILE or visit a store today. Unlimited data on their network. Video streams at 480p. Small fraction of customers using over 50 gigs per month may have reduced speeds. If you cancel balances due, well-qualified customers, full price, 720 plus tax. Finance agreements required. Netflix for two screens. Terms apply. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.